You are a compulsive liar. From Nepal to North London, from Delhi to Dagenham, from the terraces to the armchair, it's an Arsenal Thing podcast. Football's in our DNA. Your hosts, Tom, Silent Dave, Isaiah, and Jay. Hello and welcome to another It's an Arsenal Thing podcast. I'm your host, Tom, and I'm in the company of a man who is to the medium of sound what Novak Djokovic is to the Australian Tourist Board. Or is that Novak Zin Djokovic? Hey, it's Silent Dave. Here we are, knee-deep in football due to the hectic schedule to cover the first leg of the EFL semi-final from Anfield against Liverpool. It's funny how it all turns out, isn't it? One minute you got COVID, the next minute your first leg is in your own backyard. We'll say no more about it. Spanish Michael versus Herman Klopp, the dental mannequin, and let's be frank, purveyor of grubby lies. Yes, the teeth, he's been lying through them. May your tongue turn black, sir. Grubby, dirty, dirty Klopp. In football news, the complete bastard known as Ryan Shawcross, formerly of Satanic Stoke FC, has officially announced his retirement from football. Good riddance! You'll remember he broke Aaron Ramsey's leg in 2010, and we've despised him and Stoke ever since. In Arsenal news, the will-he-won't-he-leave saga of Eddie Nketiah rumbles on with Palace and two other unnamed clubs interested. Get on with it! Go and prop someone else's goalposts up. Dave refers to the striker as Eddie not getting you. (laughs) He just doesn't understand what all the fuss is about. He said to me just before we came on, take the 20 million and run. Arsenal look likely to terminate the contract of out-of-favour defender Syed Kolasinac with the player apparently wanted by French outfit Marseille. Quick, order the taxi. The 28-year-old left-back and former Meza Ozil minder has featured in just five games for the Gunners this term, only two of which have been in the Premier League. Herr Leno has been offered an escape route from Arsenal by Galatasaray for a fee of £16 million in a take-it-or-leave-it offer. Um... I thought that was a bit low, but I went on to transfermarket.co.uk, which has him valued at 14.4 million. Arsenal, where your valuation plummets like an overweight window cleaner in a stiff breeze. Lauren Koscielny left Arsenal under acrimonious circumstances in 2019 and finds himself embroiled in fresh turmoil at Bordeaux amid the club's dire form in League One. That will serve you right, sir, for that shirt thing. 
I didn't even read it, to be honest. That's how high my levels of disgust are for Koscielny. He was a decent enough defender in a shit back four, but as a captain, he wasn't up to much. And would he really have made the invincible side or challenged the famous back four? No. Lazio are looking to sign Arsenal's Nuno Tavares. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, hold the bus. What's going on? He's only been with us five minutes. Give the boy a break. They're looking to sign him on a loan deal this month. The boy just needs time and a pair of new unchuckable gloves. That's what he needs. Elsewhere, Aston Villa have been splashing the cash with the additions of Philippe Coutinho and Luca Digna. Coutinho was a complete surprise. He swapped coconuts for car parks, sun and sand for supermarkets and ring roads. How did Steven Gerrard manage that? Drugs? Hypnotism? Did he take a member of the family hostage? We'll probably never know. Newcastle have bought Chris Woods from Burnley. Not quite the signing the Geordie boys were expecting. All the money in the world. Mint coats and diamonds. Caught shopping in Aldi's. Everyone's looking for the exit door at Spuds and it's probably a case during this transfer window of more outs than ins. Which they'll probably turn into a documentary about the players they nearly signed to add to their documentaries about the trophies they might have won. Just 350 days after his first game in charge of Chelsea, Thomas the Tank Engine Tuchel has become the first manager in the club's history to guide the Blues to the final of the FA Cup, the League Cup and the Champions League. But no one likes them still. Every goal, every disappointment, every good decision and every bad decision. From the first whistle to the final whistle. Let's have a look at the city of Liverpool. Liverpool, home of the Beatles also known for its individual musical contributions from John, Paul, George and Ringo. Um, for its music, including the Beatles. For its art and statues, there's, um, there's a statue of the Beatles at Liverpool Pier. For their airport, named after John Lennon. For the cavern where the Beatles once played. And um, Liverpool and Everton football clubs. You did well there, Dave. Anyone with a less inquiring mind tasked with researching Liverpool might have just come up with one repetitive theme. But as always, you are the consummate professional. Episode 40 is entitled Oi Jota, Kiss My Shin, a reference to the uncoordinated leg swing of Granite Xhaka, which left Arsenal to battle 71 uncomfortable and enthralling minutes in the intimidating Anfield Stadium. On the menu tonight, Isaiah reports on the spectacular and eventful first leg of the Caribou Cup against Jurgen Klopp's almost full-strength non-Covid side. As always, he reveals the key points and takeaways on American arsenology. Jay joins me in the gun room to discuss the performance, the Xhaka sending off and our immediate needs in a transfer window. Plus, we've got some emails and some comments on social media that I will be putting to Jay. They're very interesting. It's a different slant. It's funny how we all see something different isn't it um if you want to say hello if you want to ask a question it's an arsenal thing for at gmail.com right here's a song by rob dylan that encapsulates the magic of liverpool yeah yeah liverpool liverpool what a good city yeah Liverpool, they got so many good things. They got all the Liverpudlian people walking around. Yeah, Liverpool is a good English city. It's got lots of good stuff in it. The Beatles come from Liverpool, everybody knows that. Yeah, 
Liverpool, England. Yeah, so much fun stuff to do. Let's go to Matthew Street and walk around and look at the cool stuff that is there. Yeah, Liverpool, England. Yeah, a good, nice city. Yeah, I love Liverpool. I love it very much because it's a good place. It's got a lot of nice people. All the nice people, they live in it and they love it. Because it's Liverpool. They got their Chinatown. Yes, they do. They're in Liverpool. They've got a lot of good stuff there. Yes, they got the Liverpool Metropolitan Cathedral of Christ the King. Among other things, they've got a lot of good stuff in Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool's got big buildings. I like to look at the architecture. They got a good old people. John Paul, George, and Ringo come from Liverpool. From the land that gave you popcorn, drive-ins, Johnny Mathis, and the legitimate right to shoot your neighbor for parking outside your house, direct from the U.S. of A., it's a potpourri of foosball analysis and stuff. It's American Arsenology. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to American Arsenology, brought to you by Mug Smasher's False Positive Testing, a test for every League Cup game. I'm your host, Kama Isavich, and now, tonight's top stories. Welcome back, Migunas and Migunarets. Arsenal have drawn 0-0 at Anfield in a noble, noble 10-man performance after Granny Chaka had a moment of madness. It was a feisty encounter with all sorts of interesting storylines, so let's get right into it. The opening storyboard of this one featured the puffy, puffery, puffery, puffest coats of Jurgen Klopp and Mikel Arteta facing off once again after this skirmish in November. It was a Movember to remember as Spanish Michael and Mr. Hyperdontia himself, old Jaws McJustin Jurgen Klopp, clashed swords in a League Cup semi-final on Merseyside. It was a wild, wild, wild encounter with interesting and enlightening takeaways. So let's dive a little deeper. The rundown on the starting 11 featured a press-resistant return for one Aaron Ramsdale in goal. Yes, it was Sayonara to burn Hair Leno. An interesting move from Arteta, but one we had called for prior to the match. 
Ramsdale's leadership and crazy technicality was needed for this one. And rightfully so, Mikel Arteta sent Burn Leno to the pine. In front of Ramsdale was the familiar pairing of Royce and the Beast, Benjamin Blanco White, Gabriel Magalish. On the right, it was Cedric Rick Maurenis Sores and Kieran Tierney, the sleeveless Scott on the left. In midfield, it was a return for the Swiss man, Swiss miss, Mr. Granit Xhaka, who would have a huge role to play in this one. He was partnered with the young Belgian, Mr. Albert Zambila Conga in midfield. And on the wings, our wonder kids, our pride and joy, Gabriel Martinelli on the left. Bukayo, little chili stir fry on the right. On top it was Eddie and Ketia and Alexander Lacassette, the Pink Panther, Professor Clouseau, exchanging rules, dropping deeper, one goes higher. It was the lineup that we had largely predicted online prior to the match, and folks, it Looked very, very, very spot on to us, save for the inclusion of Cedric Saurez. I would have loved to have seen Mikel play Nuno Tavares on the right to rebuild his confidence from game one. But no, it was Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Morenis. And on this day, folks, his hips would not lie. I can't lie! The opening 10 minutes of this one featured a timid and it must be said gun-shy arsenal as Liverpool looked prepared to pump the young guns. There were crosses from Andy Robertson that were dangerous as Firmino tried to nip in. And all in all, Arsenal had not recovered from being dumped out of the FA Cup in the opening salvos of this one. They were nervous. They were shaky, 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 oh so shaky. And it looked like it could be a very, very rough day at the office for Arsenal. There's good news and bad news. The bad news is Neil will be taking over both branches and some of you will lose your jobs. Yeah. yeah. On a more positive note, the good news is I've been promoted. And folks, after my own criticism of Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Morena Saurez, the Portuguese defender would pull up with what was a hip or groin, or midsection injury, some sort of muscular, <laughs> muscular problem in what was just the 11th minute of the match. Cedric would be removed. And who would come on? Who would play? It was the milkman old Callum Chambers returning to the scene 
Back again after what felt like an eternity. And it's my favorite family to deliver milk to. And folks, in the 13th minute, a reminder of why Callum Chambers does not play. As the easy allowed service to be crossed into Arsenal's box, and Benjamin Benjamin Blanco White was forced to clear with his studs. It almost ended up as an own goal, an auto goal for Ben Blanco, but he was covering desperately so for Callum Chambers, who looked very shaky in the opening salvos. A few minutes later, Alexander Lacazette, the bald-bearded Frenchman, would have a chance to shoot on goal. It was a strike from a full 35 yards, and it was driven wayward and came to nothing. This must be said, folks, in the opening 20 minutes of this match, Arsenal were at sixes and sevens. As they look frightened and oh, 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 so prepared to crap the bed. My God. And folks, in the 24th minute, the biggest flashpoint of the match is Granny Chaka would be sent off for an adjudged foul on Diego Jota. Granny Chaka was attempting to cover for both Kieran Tini and Gabriel Magalish in a transitional moment. A direct long ball was played from deep in Liverpool's own defensive half of the field. And Granny Chaka, he tracked the flight of the ball for a good 50 yards. He looked once, he looked twice, he looked three times. That's three times. Give me three times. Lego. At the run of Diego Jota. And folks, as he tracked the flight of the ball, he attempted... A full-time, out-of-the-air volley to clear the danger. However, he made zero none nilch contact with the ball and caught the Portuguese man in his midriff. Let me say this, folks. I do not believe that A. Granny Chaka was the last man on the play, and B. This should have been a yellow, or at best an orange card. To me, this was not a red card, not for many players, not named Granny Chaka. However, however, if you give Mr. Michael Oliver, the chance, the sniff, the slightest, slightest, slightest of opportunities to send an Arsenal player off, he will oblige. And that is just what he did to Granit Xhaka. And for that, for not recognizing the moment, 
for not understanding where we are in this half COVID window, in this period in history. Granny Chaka, you really fucked up, man. You blew it! And in the 28th minute, Eddie and Ketia's day would come to an end as Robert the Rugholdini would enter the fray to batten down the hatches. It was disappointing for Enketia, who was looking to reestablish his reputation. And folks, he did look lively early on with a nice ball in behind. But he was a casualty of the circumstances. And Eddie's day was done as the rug would enter. There was about 15 minutes of football left after Holdini came on. And in that time, it was largely, largely Liverpool applying pressure and Arsenal coming to terms with where they were at at this moment in the Carabao Cup semi-final leg one. And then, folks, in the 40th minute, the flash of brilliance from little chili stir-fry Bukai Osaka as he would draw four Liverpool defenders to him and shake and bake and float in a cross shot that came to nothing. But folks, this was another day when little Chile, when Bukayo Saka was proving that in so, so many ways, he is Arsenal's best and most class player amongst our ranks. The first half would come to its conclusion just a few minutes later. And overall, Arsenal had a sense of satisfaction for reaching halftime at 0-0. Everything had gone against them. The early injury to Cedric Saurez. The introduction of the Milkman Callum Chambers and his, his old friend, the Rug Holdini. But Arsenal, they looked more interested, more aggressive, more focused ever since Shaka sending off. And folks, there was a sense of Liverpool Karma, karma, karma is coming to get you. Pass with my dogs in the nighttime. Trap nigga with the chickens like Popeye. Money changing colors like Tata. I'm just trying to get it, I ain't trying to die. She got a big up on your booty, make the world cry. First half came to its conclusion, and as always, there were two big, fat, whopping takeaways from the first half. Number one. Granite, granite, granite shaka. As our listeners will be well aware, I have dubbed granite shaka as Mikel Arteta's most notable non-negotiable at Arsenal. Yes, if Granite Chaka had one leg and was wearing an eye patch, Mikel Arteta would still start him. 
But folks, there is no denying the fact that Granny Chaka has let us all down again. Well, I do think there is an argument to be made that Chaka should have seen yellow and been allowed to stay on the pitch. He cannot be doing shit like this time and time and time again. Against Forrest, one could argue that Shaka's apparent refusal to be vaccinated may have contributed to reinfection. And by extension, our exit from the FA Cup. And on Thursday, Granite Shaka once again put the team in a terrible situation. Many in Arsenal world have had it with Granite Shaka. And who could blame them? So then, it will be a fascinating test of the Shaka as the ultimate Arteta non-negotiable theory when the game against Burnley rolls around on the 23rd of January. Number, number, number two. Yes, flashpoints have galvanized both Liverpool and Arsenal in the last two meetings between the sides. The handbags at 10 paces between Klopp and Arteta ignited the 4-0 drubbing at Anfield in November. And on Thursday night, despite all the criticism he deserves for getting sent off, Granit Xhaka's red card invigorated Arsenal and made them play with more confidence and a sense of purpose. And while it should never take a sending off to embolden our young guns with the confidence they need to play against the best teams in the world, football is a game of emotions. And after the first 45, Arsenal were displaying a tenacity and grit that did not exist before Granit Xhaka's Kung Fu Kick. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Those kicks were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with second half began with a chance for Minamino as he flashed a cross shot over the head of Aaron Ramsdale that was a bit scary. But Arsenal were resolute, chunking this game minute by minute, five minutes here, ten minutes there. And in the 50th minute, Bukayo Saka showed that he was one of the few threats in transition on the day. 
Liverpool would keep working, but something was off and their attack was faltering, as they could hardly generate a sniff of goal, those fucking assholes. Yes, Arsenal were resolute and Bukayo kept shimmying and shaking and protecting the ball with world-class ability. In the 58th minute, they forced a fine save from Alisson, Mr. Pornstash. But it came to nothing. And by the 61st minute, Mr. Journeyman James Milner, Mr. Penalty himself, his day had come to an end. And on came the young Curtis Jones, looking to make an impression for the Scousers. It was a quiet day from Jones. And overall, it seemed like the cosmic, cosmic, cosmic radio waves of the karma, 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 karma chameleon had infected Liverpool. They were blunt, they were dull, they were lifeless when it came to generating and creating chances against 10 men Arsenal. This shit's weak, Lizzie! And folks, in the 72nd minute, Mr. Sleeveless Kieran Tierney produced the peach peach, peachiest pass of the game. Peach pass. As he played a ball that beat four Liverpool defenders with one pass and found little chili Bukayo Saka close to the penalty spot. On this occasion, Bukayo's touch let him down a bit and he could not caress and cradle cleanly. And his wayward touch came to nothing. It was a big, 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 biggest of chances for Bukayo, who was so, so good on the day. It was unfortunate as after defending so resolutely for so long, a little smash and crab one nil to the Arsenal would have felt so warm and fuzzy. But the game progressed and Arsenal continued their noble, noble stewardship in front of Aaron Ramsdale as they were limiting Liverpool to long-range, worthless, shitty, shitty fucking efforts, as they could not crack this nut. It was solid, solid defending from Arsenal's Christmas tree. Yes, it was a 5-3-1 batten down those damn matches. But folks, at one moment in the 85th, it looked like it would be the end as Diego Jota was gifted a huge chance as Gabriel Magalish misjudged the flight of a cross. But pulling a trick out of Eddie and Ketty's book, the cross hit Jota right in the face. <laughs> the match continued. There were a few more nervy, nervy moments as Ben White was block, block, blocking more shots than Refrigerator Perry used to. But then, folks, in the 90th minute, 
A golden, guilted, 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 golden edge chance for Minamino to grab all three points for Liverpool. But thankfully, folks, the Liverpool fringe player blazed his shot over the bar and Benjamin Dr. Ben Sobel, Benjamin Benny Blanco White could only laugh, 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 laugh. My name is Ben Sobel. Leone. Ben Sobel Leone. I'm also known as uh, Benny the Groin, Sammy the Schnoz, uh, Elmer the Fudd, Tubby the Tuba, and once as Miss Phyllis Levine. But Liverpool could not break Arsenal down. And as the final whistle sounded, there was a togetherness, a spirited nature of this band of brothers that is so damn exciting. Second half came to its conclusion, and as always, there were three big, bulging, whopping takeaways from the last 45. Number, number one. Arsenal are displaying a new resilience under Mikel Arteta. And all signs point to a young team on a positive trajectory. However, given how thin Arsenal's roster has been for the past two matches, Spanish Michael is deserving of criticism for his lack of foresight and, in general, how Arsenal have approached the AFCON window. There are numerous issues at hand. A lack of minutes for Sambi Lakonga. Letting Ainsley Maitland-Niles move far too early in the window. And not forecasting the potential of COVID-19 to disrupt the squad. These stand out as some of the most glaring and obvious of errors. The concern is that we all saw this coming. We have been talking about it for weeks on this podcast. Go back, have a listen. So then, like in the closing days of the summer transfer window, let us hope, let us hope, that Barbecue Grillmaster Adu Gaspar has something up his sleeve. Number number two. Bukayo, Bukayo, Little Chili, Bukayo Saka. Our young English prodigy was influential on the day for Arsenal 
again. And he showed the entire world why there are clickbait stories circulating on the internet, linking Liverpool themselves to a big money move for his signature. And the warm embrace from Jurgen Klopp at the end of this one should be good for a few more come Friday morning. And let me say this, folks. For all the talk of paying Dusan Vlachovic an insane amount of money to come to North London, well, let us first take care of our own. Let us pay our generational, world-class talent, Bukayo Saka. Pay the man. Make him one of the highest paid players at this club. ASAP stat pronto rapidito. Prioritizing a new lucrative deal for Saka must be a huge priority for Arsenal. Get it done. And finally... Arsenal defended with 10 men for 70 minutes at Anfield against the strongest starting 11 that Jürgen Klopp could field on the day. And it was an enormous performance, notably by some of Arsenal's fringe players. Let me give a huge shout-out to Callum Chambers, in particular, who looked like he was fighting with his last dying breath to save himself from deportation to Major League Soccer. And so too must we tip the cap to Rob Holding, who was equally as steadfast. Yes, folks, this was a brave performance from Houdini and the Milkman. As they acquitted themselves very, very well alongside inspirational performances by Benjamin Blanco and the two Gabriels. This was a gut check, a test of character, and one that teams of previous seasons would surely have failed. So credit then, Tom, to Mikel Arteta and his young guns for bouncing back and sticking it to those false positive, mug-smashing, hyper-tontia motherfuckers. Just a reminder to look up our blogs at AskDevils.com and AmericanArsenology.medium.com and please don't forget to subscribe to both the audio version and the occasional YouTube offerings. 
It's an Arsenal Thing podcast. Fun, football and conversation. Earlier, I said to Dave, as we were trying to compile something, if you take away the Beatles and the two football teams, can you name five things that Liverpool is famous for? Dave looked at me a little bit blankly and said, they've got a bridge. <laughs> uh, he then proceeded to justify that comment by looking up Liverpool's five best bridges. Riveting stuff, I know. Uh, the list included the James May Meccano Bridge. We don't know whether it's named after the James May. Anyway... After bigging it up on the list, there was a brilliant review, and this came from the Shish in Israel, who said, This is just another bridge in the docks area. Nothing more, nothing less. There's nothing unique about it at all. I hate that, don't you, when you're really disappointed by a bridge. Get a life! <laughs> <laughs> Just a reminder to look up our blogs at AskDevils.com and AmericanArsenology.medium.com and please don't forget to subscribe to both the audio version and the occasional YouTube offerings. It's time to enter the gun room for a natter. Hi, welcome to the gun room. I'm with Jay. Um, Jay, how are you? Yeah, good mate, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, quite an eventful night, wasn't it, last night? We'll get round to that. Um, let's tell everyone what we're doing first. We're going to discuss the performance, the brilliant performance at Anfield. It's hard enough going there with 11 men, but with 10 men, it's a mission, isn't it? Um, we'll yeah. go over this week's um, red card for Xhaka. Seems to get one a week, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Was it a fair cop? Eh? Pun intended. Or was mm. he a victim of circumstance? We'll discuss that. Plus the reinforcements we're going to need. Uh, who and how many? Um, Jay, we expected a tough game, uh, but Arsenal have a special way of doing it the hard way, don't they? Um, yeah. What was your take on this game? It was a nail-biter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, I didn't really know what to expect um, before we started, other than uh, Liverpool are going to be, uh, uh, you know, really tough opponents. And um, when I saw their starting eleven, you know, um, couldn't help but think, um, how you can pick such a strong side after, you know, the week before they couldn't field any side. So that, you know, and I, and I wasn't the only one that thought like that. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a really strong Liverpool side. And and obviously we'd lost um, certain players, you know, Martin Odegaard, especially. So I kind of feared the worst. Um, and I mean, I, I thought we were absolutely superb. Uh, like you know, it wasn't vin. It, well, I suppose in a certain way, it was vintage Arsenal, but uh, not so much a performance that you you know that you've kind of seen very often in the last few years of being able to to dig in and um, defend away at, at one of the top three sides. You know, you haven't we haven't really seen it too often. So um, every one of them that finished that game last night, I thought were absolutely superb and they were credit to the, to the club. Do you think it was a bit of a Klopp skullduggery? Because it was quite interesting because we, we obviously the first leg was supposed to be at, uh, at the Emirates and then it yeah. changed to Anfield and listening to Jamie Carragher last night, he said that it was to Arsenal's advantage and I couldn't quite work it out. I thought, what's he talking about? How is it to your advantage when you could effectively, with that team that Klopp put out, kill off yep. the entire uh, contest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to just spin it 
Oh, I mean, it's. I think the football at the minute, you know, um, team selection and games getting cancelled all over the place, and you know, it's uh, the consistency's not there, is it? You know, you're trying to. Um, squads are just ravaged, aren't they, at the minute? And uh, I mean, I didn't. I can't stand Klopp. Um, I know we went over this in the last the last pod and um, I'm not really a big fan of Liverpool in general but, and, and they absolutely played a blinder when it came to this game because ultimately they got their players fit they got their players available um, but it didn't they couldn't pull it off you know they they, they, um, they couldn't capitalise on, on on ultimately they, they were only really missing you know Mane and Salah wasn't it they were other than that they were they were full strength Liverpool and and we were we were very much below full strength, um, and they couldn't capitalise. So we're definitely in the. Um, I would say we're, we we should be confident for the second leg, uh, and I think with the home advantage, you live in hope that we can get over the line and get to the final. Now Jurgen Klopp after the match was uh, he was a bit strange because uh, normally he's very articulate, isn't he? Very good at yeah. putting his point across. But it was almost like the English language was a bit of a stranger to him. Um, he's, yeah. you know, he was just rambling and rambling on about nothing in particular. But uh, anyway, let's move on. We're not going to um, sort of uh, dwell too much on the Xhaka thing. Well, I suppose we will, but in a different way, uh, yeah. because it's it's being done left, right, and centre, and it's being milked. But uh, so seventy-one minutes. It's uh, it's a long time to suffer constant pressure. It's always a feeling of mine that. Um, you can only withhold. If you can put a couple of attacks together, then you can mm. sustain that period of, uh, of pressure. But it was constant, wasn't it? How, how did Arsenal manage to keep them out? Because it was a, a bit of a wing and a prayer job sometimes. Who was key for you? Yeah, I mean, once... Um, I mean, first and foremost, I think, we like, like you said, we, we need to... Um, we need to celebrate the performance, you know, regardless, let's not, let's not focus on Shaka too much. You know, this is what he does. Shaka is, this is just what he is. It's what he's all about. But the performance last night was, um, it was, it was impressive from Arteta. He went to a back three, didn't he? Three central defenders put Rob Holding on. Uh, and I mean, you know, we've, we've spoke about Rob Holding, uh, at length, you know, I think we both agree he's a bit of a limited player, but he slotted into the into a back three, three central defenders, and made in the same way as Forrest made it difficult for for us um, last Sunday. We made it difficult for Liverpool. We 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 lined up five across the back when we didn't have the ball. You know, Tierney and Callum Chambers uh, went to a very flat back five, and then. Um, the midfield just basically sat really deep and invited Liverpool on. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, up until the last, what, five minutes, Liverpool didn't have a, didn't have a chance, did they? Didn't even have a shot, really. They had a few, they had a few um, sort of long-range efforts that, that sailed into the cop or sailed, uh, you know, high and wide. Um, and they didn't, I think they only had one shot on target all the way through the game. Um, Ramsdale, you know, OK... It, I think there was a few hairy moments where he, he might have spit. I think he spilled one or two, but in general, we restricted them. Uh, we made it difficult. They couldn't. What was impressive was that they, that they couldn't get in behind too often. You didn't really see their wide men 
or their fullbacks. You know, Trent and um, Robertson are so dangerous getting forward um, and their deliveries are normally so good uh, that it makes it difficult for the opposition. And we just that just didn't happen. And, we, and, and we've got to take some credit for that because we, we shut that down. Um, and it was just a, it was one of those performances where everybody, every player out there, you know, gave it their all, you know, it was, it was brilliant to see Lacazette, you know, I thought he was fantastic. And then on the night, you know, he was dropping deep and he was helping out the midfield and nobody, nobody hid, did they, you know, everybody really put a a solid effort in and, and fought for every challenge and fought for every header and, um, you know, that's all you really can ask for, isn't it? You know, it was interesting how um, Sky tended to put a spin on the performance. It wasn't so much about Arsenal. It's about what Liverpool weren't doing. It was about yeah. Salah missing and Mane missing. Uh, so we want to get rid of all that because, you know, like we owned up to with the Forest game, Forest put in a shift. So yeah, Arsenal but... put in a shift at Anfield and, and, and we got what we deserved. We deserved that draw for all Absolutely. the skullduggery and nonsense that was going on. And I think there was some of that and I won't be the only one. Um, in terms of personnel, uh, Ramsdale came in for Leno. That, that wasn't a surprise, was it really? He was going to come back for this one, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I thought, um, you know, when Cedric went off early, early on with a, with a knock, I thought Callum Chambers did so well, you know, he, he, he got straight in there and, and um, I mean, I've always preferred him to Cedric from being honest um, again, you know, somebody who hasn't played too often and, and, and it was a, okay, you're not playing against Mane, you're not playing against Salah, but Liverpool have got quality all over the pitch and um, to come in and do, do, do such a fine job um, is a credit to him. Um, and, it was just interesting when we did go down to ten men and we were and we were attacking. Um, they were obviously still told the wingers, you know, or the wide men rather, tip uh, Kieran Tierney and Chambers to try and get forward as much as possible. And um, tactically, we Arteta got it just right. When we haven't got the ball, drop into a back five, and when we have got the ball, try and get forward and support. And uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I thought. Lukonga in the middle had a good game, you know, tough, especially when Shaka gets gets the red card. Um, we've spoke, haven't we, before about Sambi at the moment, maybe needing a senior sort of uh, member of the squad or senior midfielder next to him to try and help him out. And obviously, Shaka getting the red card, Sambi had to step up. And I thought, I know it wasn't maybe not his uh, most eye-catching performance, but I thought he was superb again in the middle, just breaking it up, getting the, get, you know... Sitting in front of the back four or back five, as as, as it was, and um, just making it difficult for Liverpool, uh, uh, you know, to, to get through the middle. And uh, I mean, you, we could every one of them put in a, such a big shift, didn't they? You know, you can't can't really fault any of them, and uh, that's all you can ask for. Like I said, um, yeah, it was interesting that uh, Arteta uh, used the term brotherhood. He said, you yeah. know, there's this this growing feeling amongst the fans and the players, I think, that something is uh, happening, you know, it is developing. Um, would you, with all the departures, you know, to AFCON and uh, the injuries and COVID, is there anything else that we could have done with that first team that we put out at Anfield? Oh, not really. I mean, it, 
you are down to bare bones, aren't you? you there's not much more uh, that you could have done. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, I mean, I don't know. Can you? Can you? Is there any anybody else that could have really made any? We really are. Um, we really are struggling <laughs> at the moment. Uh, I don't know. I know most most teams are, but, but it seems, especially last night. You know, like you look at the bench and there's not much there, is there? In fact, there's hardly anything there. There's only well, it's like a crash. Yeah, yeah. There was all colouring books on the side. I swear, and some crayons. <laughs> uh, they were that young. Um, in the light of this midfield crisis, do you think uh, Arteta's regretting not signing up Jack Wilshire? It's just a question I got asked, so I thought I'd throw yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I don't... Well, I think he can still sign him, can't he? I think, you know, I think the option's there. I just think if he was a realistic option, I think Jack would have already been signed. I don't... I can't imagine Mikel would ever... Um, turn down the chance of having a player of Jack's quality if Jack was at that level, if that makes sense. He's right there. He's training with, a, he's, he's coaching the youngsters and he's, he's in and around the club now. Mikel can see. Um, and he's he's never, well, up until, well, at, this, at, the, at the moment when the recording in this pod, he's never wavered as he, Mikel. He's always um, stood by his. He was Jack was never going to be part of the playing squad. So the only thing, the only, the only thing I can imagine is that physically he's just never going to be able to reach that point again. You know, to the at the level that Mikel demands. You know, Jack is he's just I can imagine technically he's still most most probably better than most on that training ground. You know, but just physically, it only takes one tackle, doesn't it? And and he's and he potentially could be gone. His ankles, you know, he's had so many injuries, and uh, like I said, technically he's probably better than most. But physically, is he able to reach the that level that that Mikel demands in his midfield? Uh, I mean, it makes me wonder what's going through his head at the moment because you've. I mean, he was a wonderful player, wasn't he, back in the day? Oh, um, but yeah. he's at the January window now, and there's no offers. That must be soul-destroying, heartbreaking. What a talent he could have been, bar the injuries, which were constant, weren't they? Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to know if he has if he has had. I mean, I'm sure he must have had offers from from other countries. You know, I think it's just a maybe if he wants to uproot his family and take them to America or Australia or whatever, because he could still do a job there. I think he, he obviously and, and and rightly so. Obviously, rates himself to be, you know, to do a job at the Premier, you know, elite level. So, I'd love him to sign again, but you just have that feeling, don't you? That let's say, you know, I mean, North London derby would not be a good game for him to come back to, but let's say he did kit up, physical. Kit up, kit up on Sunday, and 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 uh, Hoiberg goes straight through him. You know, no, I mean, have you got the confidence he'd be able to last ninety minutes? I don't think many people would. Give him that, you know, uh, the chances of him completing 90 minutes. So, yeah, we need players in there, don't we? We need signings. We need uh, we need bodies because we are 
desperately thin in there. Especially, in we'll talk period. about the options in a minute. Who you would like to see in? There's a, there's a lot of speculation. Every time you open up uh, a sort of Arsenal blog site, you've got a list of names as long as your arm. Um, let's get back to the match. Uh, the 24th minute is when it all changed. The complexion entirely changed. Um, yeah. Walk us through your vision of the the Xhaka incident. Yeah, so we were attacking. Um, I think Bukayo Saka had the ball and we were attack- he was attacking Liverpool's box and the ball broke down or the, or the, the attack broke down um, and Liverpool looked to counter-attack quickly and knocked it over the top. Uh, it was like a diagonal pass left to right um, straight into, straight towards uh, Jota and um, Shaka was the one covering back. Now, a lot of people are saying um, that Shaka was a bit unlucky because he was looking at the flight of the ball and he didn't know where Jota was. Now, I'm not entirely buying that because if you watch it back, as Shaka is running before the ball's released, you can see Jota in front of him. And he also he does look back and, he, and he's obviously looking at the ball, but he does take another glance and, and Jota is, is right in front of him. He can also see where he is in relation to the, the rest of the defence. So he's also fully aware, I believe, that he knows he's the last man. Um, so when he goes to clear the ball, instead of making contact with the ball, he makes contact with Jota's chest. Jota goes down very easily. I mean, he's almost gone, hasn't he, before he's connected with the ball. If you watch it in real time, his legs have given way almost at the point of contact, you know, he's, he's Jota's, you know, gone down very easily. I'll tell you what, Al Pacino uh, couldn't put in a better performance with that. I yeah. mean, it, it, I don't even think the contact was that harsh. He kind of no. sort of blundered into it, didn't he? But he went down like he'd been shot by a machine gun. But the way I, I think Shaka put his, put, put basically put, um, put his faith in faith in the referee, basically letting him off. I think it was, I don't know why he thought this, but in my view is that he thought he would get away with it based on the fact that he would be able to blag not knowing where Jota was, if that makes sense. So, and obviously with it being Shaka, that's not going to be the case um, because we've seen those before. We've seen last man, you know, I think, you know, Arsenal played But Leicester. was he the last man? Because I had a look at it, and uh, as uh, I've watched it quite a few times, probably like yourself, and Gabriel's high. I don't know whether they're in line or... But Gabriel's right up there. He's, he would never get to Jota at all. No. I well, mean, he's, he's, he's 30 feet from Jota. Yeah, well, so... so um, with that in mind, you'd probably say he'd have to be the last man. Ramsdale's not in a great position. If you've seen that, you know, he's he's well off his line. So I think, Jot, I mean, Jota's a, he's a top striker and he's he's clinical, you know, he's technically very good. So he, if he'd have got a shot away, you'd probably have banked on him scoring. You know, I saw somebody say last night that Shaq has taken one for the team to stop that. Fair enough. But, I mean, he could have just pulled him back, couldn't he? He, he didn't have to, you know, Watch it again as well. He doesn't have to make that kick, does he? You know, he, I think he can. He might not get there ahead of Jota, but I think he can get there to to maybe try and off put him off balance or put him off the shot. I don't know. This is all, in, you know, what ifs. But um, I thought it was a red card. Um, I thought 
it, it's just typical Shaka, just a, a really, I mean, how many times have we said this, but you know, somebody, this is somebody who, um, I really don't know what goes through his head. I really don't know what he sees. I don't know. I don't know where or what he, how he thinks the referees view him, you know, especially now after, after so many red cards and so many brain dead moments um, that he just, I don't know in, in, in his own head, in, in his own head, how he thinks the referees view him and, um, do you, you think, think he it, suffers you, from that? Do you think as a result, if that had been Kieran Tierney? Yeah. Do you think it would have been a red card still? Or do you think, because Patrick Vieira had this problem, yeah. didn't he? Every time he, he put a foot in, he, he seemed to get a red card. He got seven throughout his career, I think it was. Especially, yeah. I mean, Vieira, it was more so in the early days, wasn't it? It was more so when he was built, his reputation was being built, but Vieira could always back it up. And Vieira also never, you know, he did have these moments where he lost his head. Like I said, that was more in the early part of his Arsenal career, but he backed it up with immense performances where he carried the team and he was the he was the like the the, the pillar of strength. Whereas Shaka is not that. You know, Shaka is he is not that Vieira figure. He isn't. He, I just think, just going back to what I was saying, I just think maybe I, I just don't understand what like his decision making because when you're on the football pitch you've always you know nine times out of ten you've got more than one option and he always seems to make the wrong choice he always chooses the wrong option and uh i'd love to to have really you know of of listened to Mikel if you if you could have got a, like a, a real honest answer out of him yesterday about shaka because when the team put in such a great like not a great performance, such a defensively disciplined and, uh, you know, really high energy and, and, you know, they were all together and, you know, they're all fighting to the bitter end to try and get that result and keep that clean sheet. And then you've got Shaka who, who just is the complete opposite. And I just, I'd love to know what was going through his head, especially when he got the red card. Um, but overall, do you think it was a red card? I I had trouble deciding, and uh, my opinion is at the moment it's still a bit foggy. I, I see right. what you're saying. Uh, I get that, but uh, I don't think the uh, the foot was up as high as some of the ones I've seen, and they've got a yellow card. Yeah, that's that's my worry. Is he he has got an argument that the flight of the ball trying to you've seen those when they've come over to you yeah. in, in a game of football it's hard isn't it you know you've got someone there bearing down you give them a little glance but then you've lost them because you're you're yeah. actually concentrating on the flight of the ball um so you know i don't want to sort of kind of go back on what i've said about jacko he is a hothead he does yeah. have these rushes of blood that cost you games and fortunately for him it didn't but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I've, I must have watched it about 40 times mm. and I can see the two points of view, but I'm going to stick with mine. I think it was a yellow. Uh, he probably would have gone off anyway because he would have done something else stupid. I mean, you can, you can just to slightly go off point a little bit, you can understand, you know, somebody like um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, you know, his frustration because how many times has Shaka done this? You know, how many times, you know, he, so many incidents that you can, you can call upon where he's 
he's let the team down or let himself down or just not, you know, he was captain and obviously we know what happened with that. Uh, and he just gets straight back in the side and Mikel just, just keep, you know, he keeps playing him. Um, and I just, it just sprung to mind last night. Um, I just thought, you know, Ainsley, he wouldn't have done that, would he? You know, and, and, and to be fair, from a technical point of view, I think Ainsley's a good, you know, maybe you know, probably better than Shaka, but you know, maybe doesn't have the the leadership and, and and the experience that Granite does. But just popped into my mind. I just wanted to bring that up because you you know you can understand somebody you know a young youngish midfielder like Maitland Niles looking at the Arsenal first team, seeing this guy who who and I've said this to you before, fake hard man. You know that kind of. You know, like I said, the opposite of Vieira. Vieira was not a fake hard man. He was a effing hard man, you know? And, no, and you know, Roy Keane would have freely admit that if it did come to fisticuffs, Vieira would have wiped the floor with him, you know? I mean, you can't say that about Shaka at all, can you? You know, he just... I've just... I mean, you already know this, but we need an upgrade in there. And I know at the moment we need him because we've got no one, but we need an upgrade on him. And I think once we get that upgrade, whoever that will be, It'll be like, God, you know, it's not not the missing piece of the puzzle, but it would be like a huge piece of the puzzle that we've added that will make all the diff- make a lot of difference. You know, do you think Mikel after this is is finally seeing the light? Do you think he's he's suddenly smelt the coffee type of thing and uh, realizes that uh, he needs an upgrade now and he's got to let him go? Roma apparently still interested, so there's a way out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think he's coming round to that realization, don't you? Um, yeah, I hope so. Um, I think Mikel obviously values his his influence and his uh, experience, um, and I'm sure around the training ground, you know, in some capacity, he's he's he, he's he's good with the youngsters, and um, I think it'll be an area where in the summer we'll we'll go hard and and and, and spend, if not in this window, you know, you were talking about Arthur from. Juventus is it I think he looks quite a good player or he was a few years ago so uh yeah I think we'll be looking to him definitely get I mean one or two in there right we're not even like we don't need what we need more than one you know so definitely an area we need to improve on let's try something else then on the Xhaka front uh got an itchy back hold on a minute um The, I've got some stuff off social media and I've got some emails that came through to us to give us a different perspective. It's always nice. As you said a couple of weeks back, it's nice to get a varied opinion. Yeah. Uh, it kind of makes the podcast, doesn't it? So we got an email. Uh, JT says it's easy to bash uh, Xhaka, but where was the defence? As far as I'm concerned, Gabriel was the only one capable of getting back. But where were White and Tierney? Well, Tierney mm-hmm. was right up the other end, wasn't he? Yeah, part of the attack. Because, like, like, like we said earlier, you know, you know, it was, it was very clear that when when we were attacking, it it was definitely going to be that kind of game where it was a, more of a counter-attacking uh, performance. You know, when when we had the ball, the wide men would get forward to support, and 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 those in the middle, Shaka, would drop into the defense. So you know, you overload the wings, and then those in the middle, especially. Sambi and Granite Shaka will look to sit a little bit deeper in case we get hit on the break. That's why they were forward. Uh, and Kieran Tierney, you know, he's, I mean, 
we, we've seen it how many times you know he's he, he's he's really excellent getting forward his delivery is super that's where you want him it's going to be at the expense of there might be that odd hole but that's where Shaka should be Shaka was in the right right place you know he the fact was that he was just maybe three or four yards further forward where he should have been I mean that, that's and I'm not having to go at him about that that's just that's just where the way the the, the attack went, you know, you well, can't let's always... remind ourselves as well, because that was a peach of a ball, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, that was a defence splitting ball. Yeah. And, and I, I don't that. care if Tony Adams was there. It no. would have really put him to the test to try and bring 100%. that down. 100%. And Shaka, I'm not blaming him at all for this. He, you know, he, he was he was busting the gut to get back. And like I said, he was probably five yards farther back from where he ideally would have wanted to be. But that's just the way it is. Uh, the issue that we, that we spoke about earlier was that it was his, the execution of what he was trying to do. I think he, in hindsight, I think if you offered him that position or that situation again, he wouldn't go to try and hook the ball away. He would, I think, would maybe let Jota get the ball because Jota is still going to have to steady himself before he shoots. So he's going to have to, there'll be, there'll be a slight delay Whereas I think Shaka can then maybe get round and, like I say, maybe try and put off Jota when he tries to execute the shot. Or, I mean, it's, it's easy, isn't it? In hindsight, it's easy. You, you know, you look at it's, it's a, the, the the game's going a million miles an hour. Um, but for me, Tierney was ultimately when you go to somewhere like Anfield, that's where you want Tierney to, to, to just to try and help out the attack. Um, I've got no problem with that. Uh, it's just, and like you said, it was a great ball, you know. Liverpool are a great side, you know that that's going to happen, isn't it? You know they're going to delivery is going to be superb. So, well, if you're that far committed forward, uh, you're going to be open to this kind of sucker punch. Uh, we've got yeah, one yeah. from Carl. Uh, Carl, I had to uh, look up what you were on about because I was a bit uh, kind of miffed. Uh, the adrenaline was flowing. I, I couldn't remember what you were were actually referencing in this bit. But Carl says. I'm not taking the criticism by Sky's idiot pundits that Ramsdale should have come out and that he was responsible uh, for Xhaka having no option but to take the man out. And if I played it back and it's Jamie Carragher basically saying, because Ramsdale comes out, comes thundering out, and then he realises that he's he's got a chance of being lobbed. So he actually, for me, he did the right thing. Yeah, he, he, like, like we said earlier, he, he wasn't in a great position. Maybe he could have, I mean, he could have maybe talked, uh, spoke to Shaka, but it's hard because it, it's going so fast. Um, it, it's a counter-attack, you know. Uh, Ramsdale is a, he's very quick off his line, you know, he, uh, like all goalkeepers are now. Uh, it was, it didn't look great, but I certainly wouldn't blame Ramsdale. It was just, um, it was a great ball, you know. Good choice for me. He, he came out, he saw that he wasn't going to make it yeah. in time and he went right. back to defend his goal. Um, yeah. Spence says, uh, surely Jota was unsighted as the ball dropped. Xhaka uh, flicked up a foot, which landed close to the abdomen. He wasn't the last man and the kick wasn't head height. The ref couldn't wait to give it a, uh, give him a card. Typical. Yeah, I mean, if... Um... They're quite varied, aren't they? But there's, there's like yeah, a I mean, thread if, of if, connection. I think let's let's take away the whole unsighted thing. If it was Nketiah going through on goal like that and Van Dijk took a swipe at Nketiah and Nketiah went down, I think we'd all be shouting for a red card. 
that that's the way I would even even you know take away the whole granite shack of perception if it was van dyke on enketia last night it we'd all be like that is a red card he's the last man and he's and, and he stopped a goal scoring opportunity so for me it was a red card it was and I, and then to answer what you said earlier if it was kieran tini i think it would be a red card i do what about robbie Z then robbie Z says how many times does Xhaka have to cost us the game uh, when yeah. is Arteta going to finally wake up and get rid of him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, I, we're all there, aren't we? Yeah, I, I tend <laughs> to agree. Uh, I tend definitely agree with that. Uh, ultimately, it's not not until we've got adequate cover, um, and we are painfully thin in there, like we said earlier. So we might have to endure Granite Shaka at least till the end of the season. Um, uh, I've got one here. Uh, you probably can't see it. Well, it's a nice old picture yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah. The leg swinging up there. You can't see that audience on the audio version of this, but mm. uh, we're showing it anyway. Uh, it's from Gunas Talk, and it says, some Arsenal fans said that Xhaka's action was done stupidly, but I think it was bravery. Some of his teammates failed to do their job, and Xhaka became the victim. That's uh, a novel one. Yeah. Um, I mean, what uh, what are they... so? When they said that the rest of the team didn't didn't step up, in, uh, probably go back it. to the defence with uh, White and Tierney. I suppose they're referencing, but uh, I wouldn't oh, have gone that far. To be fair, no. I mean, I thought White on the night was was fantastic, wasn't he? You know, he oh. was he was Rolls Royce. You know, and he's your man of the into... match. Um, yeah, I would say so. I, I really liked Lacazette's performance. I thought he led. You know, he he was the senior man. He stepped up and he, and he he led by example. And and you know, for somebody who for 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 quite a while now hasn't been able to to sort of complete more than about seventy minutes in a game, he absolutely gave everything right until the last, or, or you know, to gave everything he could. Um, so yeah, I'd give it to Ben White because of the clean sheet. Um, but I did. I thought Saka was really good as well. I thought he. You know, we haven't even spoke about the chance for Saka. You know, when Tierney went down the left-hand side and, and crossed it in and, and it was a slightly heavy touch, but still a good touch. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't agree with with the post-match analysis when they were saying that Shaka's touch was too heavy. I think it was Merson or I think he said that it was too, but I thought his touch was, it was it was okay. And, and it just required a little bit of a better connection to clip it over. I could see what he was doing. He was trying to go back across Alisson into that heart, into the Alisson's left to Saka's right. And uh I mean, Alisson's a great keeper, quick off his line, but you could argue that was the best chance of the game, you know, yeah. and, and we were deep into the second half there. Um, oh, I tell you and, what, if that had gone in, I would have just laughed and wet myself at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it would have been so funny with all the uh, hubbub. Um, got another yeah. one for you, an interesting take. Uh, if you can sit there and claim that we didn't win that because of a red card, you could argue inadvertently that Xhaka saved us from uh, losing a goal and going down, which prevented the loss. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen this argument. Uh, yeah, took one for the team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I don't think, it, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think Shaka. Um, I don't think any player would do that. Not that early. If that's the last minute, you know, if Jota's going through on goal and it's the ninety, what, what would he play? Five minutes at injury time last night. So if it's the ninety-fourth minute and Shaka's and, and, and Jota's going through. I mean, I mean, I, if I was playing, I'd probably take you'd pull him back, wouldn't you? You'd you'd stop them, but what was it? Twenty four minutes in, 
<laughs> or whatever it yeah. was. It's too early for that. You'd have a little uh, sort of leaning or a nibble, wouldn't you? You you wouldn't get that. that or, or just a shove. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Lee, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so obviously we're going to be without Xhaka now for I think it's two matches. Uh, there was some sort of debate whether it's one or two. It is na- actually now two. Um, transfer situation. It's Friday, the the day after the Anfield game. There's nothing been announced. Um, no. It's not looking good at the minute, is it? Uh, we don't know whether the Tottenham game's going ahead, the North London derby. But um, who would you like to see come in out of all the names that are mentioned? The people I don't want to see is Ollie Watkins or Calvert-Lewin. I, I just mm-hmm. don't want, I don't think that's a good fit for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, it looks like Arthur from, from Juve looks like he's gonna he's gonna come in and, and and I mean a couple of years ago I think Barca paid in the region of 75 million for him and I think I think Messi Lionel Messi turned around and said that he was um very similar to Xavi uh, so I mean he may have gone off the board board a little bit uh um, height and hair color <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so but I mean you know he he fits the bill like he's he, um, he, he looks pretty good. I don't really know too much about him, so he'd be a good signing. Um, I mean, obviously there's the Vlahovic that hasn't gone away, but I've never really um, believed that that's ever going to happen. It, it, you haven't really ever you haven't seen too much of the player saying he wants to come. Have you? It's just more seems like it's agent the agent trying to generate a move to to, to one of the maybe bigger Italian clubs or, or somewhere else. Um, I quite like the Swedish striker Isaac or Isaac. He he's he looks pretty good. He, and he also looks like the type of type of like looks like an Arsenal signing, right? You know, he looks he looks you know he's young and it's something for Arteta to work with. Don't get me wrong, Flahovic looks the real deal, and he's got an amazing you know he's had an, a, a really superb season. Um, and I'd love My it. My thing he... though, Jay, is if he's not actually, you know, leaping to get a pen, if he's not fighting someone to grab their pen out their pocket and sign yeah. for the Arsenal, don't bother. No, because, no, you know, I, I, he, the agents work for him. He can actually fly the agents off if he doesn't like what they're saying, uh, or, or pay them off or whatever he's got to do. But if he really, truly, absolutely, a hundred percent categorically wanted to come to Arsenal, he'd be in an Arsenal shirt and they'd be taking pictures of him. Yeah, and I agree with that. And that's what you want. I mean, if it didn't, if it wasn't quite like that, you know, even if we had him, Vlahovic, for a couple of seasons and he got us, because he is the type of striker, I I believe he's he's good enough for, to, to, to get us back into the Champions League and get us a lot closer to the top three. Um, and even if it meant signing him, and then selling him in two years to, I don't know, Real Madrid or something, you know. Uh, but it doesn't look like it's, I don't think, I know, well, I've never really truly sort of believed that that transfer is going to happen. So um, I think we've, I, I heard today on the radio that we might be looking to recall Aziz from Portsmouth. Yeah, he's back uh, apparently, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that's obviously more more for, for a cover point of view, but um, I mean... You remember a few years back when Coquelin was out on loan and, and Wenger bought him back and he was he was superb, wasn't he? And I'm not saying I'm not saying Aziz can have that impact, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what about other names then? Van der Beek, uh, Vinaldum. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean Van Oudem's, yeah, he's a he's a good player. Um there's even a rumour that we're in for Zakaria. Yeah. I would love yeah, I mean, that. Yeah, it's, it looks like loans, doesn't it? It looks like low at the minute. There's so many low more there's the it's the some sort of more realistic type of transfer. Uh I'd take Wijnaldum, definitely. Premier League proven. Uh and he, he's he would demand he's already got that respect. He's done it, you know, he's he's won the league at Liverpool, won the Champions League. So he he fits the bill. Uh, I'd prefer him over Shaka any day. So uh so yeah, I'd be happy with that one. Interesting slant. Before we wrap up, uh, do you remember when Sky used to have sort of reporters and correspondents that had normal names? Well, now they've got a guy called Flex. Flex. <laughs> and his, his thing is Flex at United. So oh, that's yeah. that's nice. So Flex said, uh, <laughs> plug him in. Flex said that uh, Arsenal's only way of attracting talent is to pursue their current emerging youth policy at Hayland and talent from overseas. They're not in the Champions League. And they can't afford top players like Mbappe. Is that a fair comment? I think it is, don't you? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. I mean, that's, there's nothing new there that Flex is talking about. You know, that's just that's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, I think we've got to come up with some really trendy names, me and you, Jay. We've got to uh, <laughs> come up with some sort of little handle and put it at the bottom of the screen. Baldy. <laughs> uh, but it is one of those. I mean, Flex can talk, but... You know, it's. I just want to give some perspective here because uh, Arsenal keep getting a, a bad uh, press. But when you look at the clubs around us, look at the Spurs, look at uh, the Spurs, the Spuds, mm. um, look at Spuds, look at Man United, the mess they're in. Man United, who would have thought that they would be in such poor shape? They yeah. virtually got to get rid of Rangnick. And bring someone else in to replace him, and then they've got to virtually strip out that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you take you take Ronaldo out, and I mean they're they're very average. And ultimately, when you have got somebody like uh, Flexi Boy, uh, and, and and those and the equivalent of other clubs talking about Arsenal, like, it shows that we're doing something we're doing something well, and we're, and we're seen as a threat now because uh, a few years back we weren't, and nobody was talking about us. So. Um, they can all see that um, there's a lot of positivity and a lot of good things happening in, in our squad. Uh, and like we've said a million times, we will have bumps in the road like Forrest, um, but more so we're getting performances like Anfield and like against City and like we've seen so often this season where we've managed to to get a positive results. So I, th- I take it as a, as a positive when you see fan accounts or whoever from other clubs talking about us because, you know, it wasn't that long ago when nobody was talking about us. So, Well, I think I've got my name. It's uh, because I'm doing that thing again, aren't I? Uh, (laughs) It's always at the end of the pod to start rubbing my chest. Um, (laughs) I think I've got my name because I'm six foot seven. I've got to be Stretch T. I'm going to have that. And your one's what? What were you going to be? Baldy W. <laughs> On that note, folks, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks very much, Jay, for coming into the gun room again. Been brilliant. And uh, we'll see you next time around. By the way, incidentally, if the North London derby goes ahead, uh, we're at the toilet bowl, aren't we? So yeah, what yeah. what would you predict? Um, did you see that thing, by the way, before you do that? Teddy Sheringham saying he, he wasn't really that interested because they were both very average teams. Oh, wow. 
I mean, what 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 even is a Teddy Sheringham these days? Like like, well, he's not he's not on telly at all, is he? He's not. I think I think when you got all those numpties on the radio, people like Jamie O'Hara and Gabby Abdullahore and Jermaine Jenis, uh, all these all these morons, they managed to get work on TV and on radio. And you got someone like Teddy Sheringham. Who, I mean, what even is it? Like I said, what's a Teddy Sheringham these days? It's just. A I think he was a tree in The Masked Singer. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to go. watch it. My kids That's how he it, gets so. on TV. He's on The Masked <laughs> Singer. So yeah, another Muppet. All right, Jay, you take care, mate, and uh, say hello to Stacey for me. See you later. Bye-bye. Cheers. It's an Arsenal Thing podcast. Fun, football, and conversation. Right, we're all done here. My thanks to Dave, Isaiah and Jay. Check out Isaiah's blogs at americanarsenology.medium.com or look him up on Twitter. You can find Dave on Twitter as SilentDave101 and Jay as the Borguna. Shout outs to SoMD, Brandon Murphy. Check out the YouTube version of the show and please like, follow or subscribe. Look up our blogs at AskDevils.com or look us up on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We'll see you next time. Stay safe and well. And remember... North London is red. the streets, or down in the sewer, or even on the end of a skewer.